No, she's going to be reading from Romans 8, which I want to tell you, I've got to keep confessional, is one of my top three favorite passages of all of Scripture. I want you to be listening for the joy and for the passion that the Apostle Paul is saying in these verses from Romans 8. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Jesus Christ who died. Yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, and who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of God? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, For your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you join with me in a spirit of prayer? Gracious and holy God, We pray for understanding of your holy word. We pray that your holy word would take us to that place where Paul was, where he was so filled up with the power of the Holy Spirit, so renewed in his relationship with you that, in fact, he was filled with passion and energy. He wanted to let the good news pour out of him to all. So bless us in hearing this word that we be not passive about it, but rather receptive and then carriers of this good truth to the world. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Do you think people can change? I mean, deep down, core change. I'm not talking about New Year's resolution change. I'm talking about fundamentally down into the very core of their soul and of their mind, you believe people can change. Of course, the question begs the assumption that we need to change. And perhaps the greatest struggle for us spiritually is not when we're radically committing horrific sins, but rather when we're apathetically thinking that we really don't need to do anything much different for God. Do you understand that there's probably some area of your life that you might need to work on still? 
Do you have anybody in your life telling you that on a regular basis? Thank them. We all have changes that need to occur. And sometimes in all of our life, or maybe, I don't know, sometimes in my life and a lot of other lives I've witnessed, radical change has been required. But I believe this. I believe that each one of us has been intentionally made by God. I believe that God made Rick Dake to be Rick Dake and put in Rick Dake certain qualities and talents and abilities that God always wanted to come to the forefront. I think that could be said for every person in this room. I think it could be said for every person in the world. God intentionally has brought us into being. And within each and every one of us, there are these gifts and abilities, spirit, that if brought to the forefront... Fulfill the purpose for which God intended all of us to have, which is that we complete the tapestry that we're part of, the community, the neighborhood, the family, the church. When we're at our fullest, God has an intent for us to be, well, who we are to each other. So Chuck Fortenberry has to be the best Chuck Fortenberry he can be for the church to be the best church it can be. We step up and we do that work. And, and no one else can be Chuck Fortenberry. Amen? Amen. Yeah, amen. <laughs> then it's going, oh, God, isn't that the truth? But it's true. We all have these innate gifts. Now, the truth is, there are always those parts of my journey, and your journey, I'm going to guess, that are not where they ought to be. Also true? That there's a part of us that is continually in the work of being transformed that God's intentional walk with us through every day of our life is to take us as the ones that we are created to be, recognizing where there's the truth of who we are today and the truth of what God would desire for us today and trying to close the gap. Does that make sense to you? That God is trying... Does that make sense to you? No one shook their head on that. I don't, am, I, did I, am I losing you? This is important. This is really important. So on any given day, there is who you're called to be and who you are. And some days, that's pretty close. And some days, I mean, that seems like very close at all. And it's the work of God to transform us, to get us to that place of harmony. Now, does that make sense? Okay. That's the transforming work of the gospel. Which is to say, on your worst day, you still have within you characteristics inherent to how God made you. You are never worthless. On your worst day. And truth is, on my best day, (laughs) I'm still never completely in line. (laughs) There's always work to be done. John Wesley said, I'm moving on to perfection. It's a continual process. That's who we're called to be in our spiritual journey. That's how God made us. That's the work of the gospel within us. Which is why I love this passage so much. See, the Apostle Paul understood about that work that God does within us to take us from where we were to where we need to be. He talks about it, it's actually in, uh, let me make sure I get my reference correct, in 2 Corinthians 5, from now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away, see, everything becomes new. 
when he's writing that, he's not saying that he became a completely different person. He became the new person with the gifts he originally had. What do you know about Paul? Paul, when we first get introduced to him, is a guy with deep passion. He believes things very strongly, and the things he believed was the fact that Christians need to be persecuted. He was a Pharisee. He believed in law and order and living his life by rules, and these Christians were out of control with the rules. So he thought, they've got to get out of here. And he persecuted them with all his being. He was even affirmed for that persecution. Until on Damascus Road, God got hold of him. And he saw Christ, and he became this new creation. But guess what? Did God take away his gifts of passion? No. Did God take away his gift of being shrewd and, 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 and persuasive? No. He turned him into someone who was passionate for Jesus Christ, and he turned him, God turned him into somebody who was the greatest evangelist the world has ever known. He took what Paul had and made of that something even more. So much so that if you're spending time today reading Romans and you're going through 5, 6, and 7 and you're hearing this debate about the debate between grace and law, rules and orders, and at the end of it, this guy who used to be all about the rules says this. So what do we say about this? Knowing all things, we are more than conquerors through who loved us because I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, rulers, things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation. Nothing will be able to separate us from the great love in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's where he got to. Paul knew something about transformation. He knew about changing his own life, taking him from what he had been to what he would eventually be. I suspect today that most of us are somewhere on that journey. I hope we are. But not a lot of us get Damascus Road experiences. And I want to suggest to you today that God does give us the opportunity to put our lives in a place where we can be remade by grace, where we can be transformed by Christ, where we can get our life reordered, we call them vacations. How many of you had your vacation this summer already? How many are yet to have a vacation? How many would love to have a vacation but can't get to one? That's often true. That's often true. Well, I want to suggest to you the vacations and days off and hours set aside, they're all the same thing. They all can fulfill this purpose are intended for us to step away and be recreated, to be renewed. Did you see what happened in about five minutes in this sanctuary with some beach balls? We went from zero to whatever in energy because we set some time aside just to play. We just played. That's all we did. Have you had that much fun, church? Well, no, I'm not going to go there. No, I'm not going to do that. I had a lot of fun in church today, let me just say that. When we played, and the, the power of setting time aside is the opportunity for us as Christians to recognize that we get to be renewed, recreated, reorganized by grace into this new being. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Now, we don't all take the same vacations. 
We all don't have the same dream for the same vacations. There's some of us in this room who think the perfect vacation is standing in the middle of a river. There's some of us who think, right? There's some of us who think it's standing on the 13th tee at even par. Now that's fantasy. But anyway, you get the point. <laughs> There's some of us who want to go cruising, right? There's some of us you will never get us on a cruise. There's some of you who want to do high adventure activities, and some of you just want to sit by a pool where someone brings you a towel. Amen? (laughs) Face lit up like crazy. Nathan, in case you didn't know this, that's what she wants. You knew that. Okay. We all have different versions of vacation. But I want to suggest to you today that vacations and time away and time off and hours set aside for us as a faith community are given to us not to be escapes from the world, but to be times of renewal. So we get changed and go back into the world. Let me give you an example. I'm one who spends his life a fair amount of time on my phone, either talking or reading emails or texts. Well, guess what? I have always done my entire life on vacation. I took my phone with me. Because the world won't last if I'm not there to check those emails, right? <laughs> Some of us take our hurried, anxious self into vacations and spend a week or two weeks racing to get exhausted so we come back wishing we had vacation time to rest up before we go back to work. But I want to suggest to you that God gives us permission, encouragement. Please, take your vacation, take this time away so that you can be renewed. So that you can reorient yourself to being once again the person that you got twisted out of being by the world, by your anxieties, your stresses, or whatever it is. That's what time away is intended to be. And every vacation I identified can help you do that. There's no one right way to vacation. It's just when you come back, what has your vacation created? And I just want to suggest to you today, if your vacation only allowed you to escape, to come back to the same junk you left, and immediately pick up all the stress that you dropped when you left on vacation, maybe it's time to think about changing how you do vacation or how you do time away. Jesus took special time away. He went off on his own. He needed it. And if God needed it, I'm going to suggest we probably do too. So we went on vacation a couple weeks ago. And as I left, something happened that has never happened before. Colin Godfrey, your executive director, turned off my email to my phone and my laptop and my tablet. Well, the truth is, I asked him to, but he said he was going to do it anyway. So, you know, he gets the credit. So for two weeks, I didn't answer one email. And the biggest shock is that you were still standing when I arrived. (laughs) You know that's not true. You know that's not a shock to anybody except me. 
So for two weeks, I did things like throw grandkids in a pool. They wanted to be. No, I wasn't, it wasn't abuse. I just, Dan gave me this look like, well, that sounds cruel. No, they wanted it. I want to suggest to you that the next time someone says, how was your vacation? You won't have to show them your pictures. I want to suggest the next time you take some time off, they won't have to say, well, how did it go? Because they'll see it in you. Because you'll have time to come back rewired, renewed, changed. So that your goal is not to escape the rat race so you can gear up and come back to the rat race, but so that you can rather escape to be where you can be one with God, doing all the things you love to do, and opening up your heart and mind to the transformative power of Jesus Christ. So when you come back, you can choose what part of the rat race you pick up what you choose not to pick up. You can choose how you are called, called to be the divine child in the places where you work and live and with whom you love. When you're getting ready to go on vacation, maybe one of the questions ought to be, how is it with your soul and what does your soul need? What do my relationships need? And to create space for those amazing things to happen. We're in the middle of vacation season, and I just wanted to share with you some thoughts. Because I really hope that you each get time away. And if you don't have vacation time coming in the next few months, you know what? You've got two hours tomorrow morning before breakfast. Or you know, some time to set aside and just let God be God to you fall upon you and anoint you and bless you and let you re-enter the world more of the person God always intended you to be rather than the one that the world has made of you. So that when you get done with your vacation, your away time, people will look at you and know this, whether you say it or not, that you've discovered this very truth that there is nothing in all of creation, neither heights nor depth, or death, or despair, or illness, or work stress, or family stress, that can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. When that happens you've had a really good vacation. May it be so.